Hello, everybody. Mackenzie here, coming at you with the first episode of a special new mini review series that we're doing here with Before the Downbeat. And for the next few weeks, you can tune in each week and check out our latest review of an episode by episode breakdown of the new hit musical comedy show, Schmigadoon. <laughs> in each episode, either myself or sometimes Autumn and I will be breaking down the events of the episode through the songs and, and we'll also be talking about the new characters that we get featured in each episode. So we'll be talking about lots of great stuff. Plus also we'll be pointing out the golden age musical Easter eggs that you can find in each episode as the show pulls heavily from that era of Broadway musicals. A special note that for this week, we have two reviews coming your way as the first two episodes were released together. So stay tuned for another review coming at you at a later time this week. So, without further ado, let's start breaking down this pilot episode. So, what happened? So, basically, in our pilot episode, we got introduced to our main couple, uh, Dr. Josh Skinner, played by Keegan Michael Key, and Melissa Gimble, played by Cecily Strong. After we have this Oklahoma style overture, we get right into meeting them at the hospital. They're both doctors, and they meet in the staff room, we can say, and uh, Melissa's chocolate bar gets stuck and Josh recommends kicking the machine where he does and sure enough she does and all of a sudden all the candy in the, in the machine starts fencing. So they fall in love and after four years together we see that the relationship is kind of disintegrating. We see Josh has become complacent and Melissa is clearly wanting more to move on to the next step in their partnership. So to help improve their relationship they go on a couple's retreat, uh, the Sacred Heart Love Trail Retreat. And while on a hike, uh, they get lost in the woods and begin fighting as Josh has lost the heart-shaped rock with Moses' name etched into it, which was a symbolic item given to them at the start of this retreat. During the fight, they hear church bells and cross over a stone bridge and through some mystical fog and into the land of a town called Schmigadoon. Upon entering the town square, the classic uh, town opening number, Schmigadoon, happens, and in the song, we get introduced to the key townspeople as well as what this town is. Uh, so Melissa clearly shows she enjoys uh, this, and we can see that right from there. You can see her expression. There you go. And we can see Josh's expression, which is anything but pleasure. Uh, during the song, we get to meet Amir uh, Aloysius Menlove, played by Alan Cumming, and his wife Florence Menlove, played by Anne Harada. And uh, we also get to meet the pastor, uh, played by Fred Armisen and his wife, who is a domineering and pious, and that is Mildred Layton, and she is played by Christian Chenoweth. After the song finishes, the mayor invites Josh and Melissa to stay at the local inn. And as they walk to the local inn, led by uh, Mildred, we get to meet Danny Bailey, the local town carnival hand and bad boy, and he kind of flirts with Melissa. Uh, at the inn, Mildred forces the couple to stay in separate rooms as she has had a law placed in town that says no unmarried couples can sleep together. So they come, so Josh and Melissa comply with this and they agree to go out for a date night and check out the Tunnel of Love Bride. But Josh falls asleep and misses the date. Melissa, in frustration, goes out on her own and sure enough, that's where she gets a whole scene to herself with Danny Bailey played by Aaron Tibet, 
and Surfer turn up the local bad boy, Carnival Hand, uh, amps up the flirt with her, and they have a whole number called You Can't Tame Me, where he expresses that he is attracted to her, but no woman has tamed him, and he doesn't intend on being tied down, but he says if he were, she would be the one to uh, tie him down and spend the rest of his life together, and he has a whole uh, scenario plotted out for them with two sons and two daughters, and they'll die one day apart from each other. So, quite romantic. Uh, they almost kiss, however, Melissa leaves before that can happen. And then the next morning, while dining at a local restaurant, Josh apologizes for missing the date and offers to take Melissa on the Tunnel of Love ride as much as she likes. But Melissa, clearly uncomfortable with what happened last night, rejects the idea. Uh, at that point, we then get to meet the local uh, waitress, played by Duff Cameron. Her name is Betsy. And so she flirts with Josh, and she says the uh, special of the day is corn pudding. And both Josh and Melissa with the sis, and they ask, and sure enough, that triggers a whole new musical number called Corn Pudding, where the town explains what it is, and Josh is quite dismayed once again, as you can imagine. And they leave town, and as they attempt to leave, they discover they cannot. A leprechaun, played by Martin Short, shows up and tells them in song that they cannot leave Schmigadoon until they find true love. And thus ends episode one. All right. Let's break down... Uh, the characters who got to meet this episode, or at least the key ones. There are some other characters like the mayor, uh, who was featured in this episode, but very briefly, but we'll get in more into him next episode. He has a big song that we can talk about. But for now, we're going to break down our main couple first. So that is, uh, Josh and Melissa. We'll start with Josh, played by Key and Michael Key. And so in this, uh, show, Josh is, uh, playing, or Josh as played by Key is playing the uh, straight man character to everyone else's comedic ones. He, this is kind of rare for him, as even in the prom where he played the principal, uh, he was a very likable character. He still had some comedy to him. Um, he wasn't just so practical as like we see in this. He, like, it, it, you can interpret his character as the jerk boyfriend who isn't interested in the relationship. But what the show does is it sets up, sets up that he does have a romantic side. It's just, his personality, as reflected by our first scene with him, where we see him doing laparoscopic knee surgery in a sterile white uh, environment. He's someone who's practical. He thinks things through. He thinks logically. He isn't about emotions, really. Taking the machine was just a recommendation because he knows it's, he's done it before. It wasn't some big romantic gesture. It turned out to be a romantic gesture. It wasn't intended that way. It was just, here's a piece of advice. And so... We see that throughout the episode is he is a practical guy. He is someone who has his routine and sure enough, after four years, he's fallen into the routine and now he's become stuck in it. Uh, and Melissa's trying to break him out of it, but he is someone who's practical. He doesn't see the rock that was given them at, during the retreat as a symbol of love. He sees it as a vaguely heart-shaped rock as he describes it. It's not in that symbolic nature of his to see it that way. And so when he gets into the land of Schmigadoon where Everything is, is expressed through song. It's all very large, epic romance, that type of thing. It is, it's, it, he's, he, he's unsettled and he's uncomfortable in this place because he doesn't, he's not about expressing his emotions, except for one time, which shows he does have this side in him, which is during the first anniversary when Melissa says she loves him and he kind of plays cold. Uh, and then the dessert tray shows up at the restaurant. Sure enough, they open the lid and all the candy 
from a, from a, a vending machine pours out, and that kind of shows that he does have a romantic side. It's just you gotta get it out of him in a way. And so we have that, and then uh, what's going to be neat about Josh is we hopefully we'll see him come out of his shell and kind of go to Marion, the librarian, right, where at the beginning they're kind of uptight, they're closed off emotionally, they're not open, and then by the end of the of the season we'll see Josh has opened up his heart. So we'll keep track of that. So next we have Melissa, played by Cicely Strong. You can see her right there behind my head. And so she is very much the charismatic uh, partner of the couple. She's clearly the more romantic one. She's the one that we kind of identify with throughout this. And once again, the show sets this up right away, whereby we have her being the doctor of uh, births. Um, uh, childbirth. So she's someone who's all invested in emotion, encouraging her patients. She is someone who is there to encourage the patients, even when the husband isn't there to encourage the wife or the partner who's giving birth. She is someone who's all about the big romantic pictures. We see her watching movie musicals. We see her enjoying Schmigadoon. The minute they walk in and they get that opening number, she's someone who right away is embracing this world, embracing this larger than life, grandiose gesture. This or this, or this world. So she is someone who's very much kind of willing to go with it. I mean, you see, she is the first one in the couple to start breaking into the song, drinking corn pudding. She takes on a verse of the song and very quickly kind of identifies with it and goes, I got it. So that's kind of neat for her. And what's great for us is that she's our way in. She is the one we kind of can go along with and go, ah, okay. Uh, we see where this is going. Got it. She is. Uh, she's going to be our kind of our, our more likable part of the couple because Josh's character can be a little bit cold and standoffish. Well, his practical thoughts are some are very valid in his in his concepts are, but you can see where you kind of can get more on side with Melissa's character and Cecily Strong does such a great job just making this character likable and friendly, and you just are always kind of her side of, of the situation for now anyway. I mean, there was one moment that was questionable for her character, which is when she goes to see Danny and they have that almost kiss after she, and you can see her kind of being won over by Danny, even though she said, I have a feller. So we'll see if maybe Josh finds out that they almost had a kiss before um, the next episode. We will see what happens there, but that's the kind of an unfinished plot thread. Or maybe it'll be finished and we'll just move on. Who knows? We will find out. So the next character we have, and she is a character we've met briefly. She hasn't had a song yet, but she's been featured. And she certainly has a presence on screen. And that is Mildred Layton, played by Kristen Chenoweth. So this character is so great. Kristen Chenoweth has done a great job building this character up right away. You know exactly who this woman is in the town. She is the pious church lady who is very much like the pick-a-little ladies and um, Lily McKechnie, Shin, the mayor's wife from the music band, which is funny because Christian Jones played Marion before, but it's very much like you can see right away who this character is. I mean, Christian Jones is not a tall person, but she very much fills the screen and commands attention. Even in the check-in scene where she's sitting behind Josh and says they check in at the end, observing them, you can see her frame behind them and she's giving them great looks. She is someone who just has a presence on screen already, and you just want to kind of get more out of her. She's just so fun to be around. 
It's great. So shout out to Chrissy Jones. Right away, she's made this character very memorable, and I can't wait to see more of her in this up in the upcoming episodes. Apparently, we get a whole a musical number with her. That's going to be very much like you got trouble from the Music Man. So can't wait till we see that one. And the last person I'll kind of talk about is Danny Neely, played by Aaron Tibet, because he got the big solo of the episode. Everybody else was in choral numbers, but he got the big solo, and his character is very much the easiest character to identify as a pull from musical theater canon. He is very much a Billy Bigelow character from Carousel. He is just like his counterpart in Carousel, works at a carnival. Billy Bigelow works on the merry-go-round. Danny Bailey works on the love uh, tunnel of love ride. And so they have that. There also are men who say they can't be tamed. They're kind of the bad boy, almost almost a bit like Tommy Julius as well, kind of the outsider in the community. And, and, and they kind of fall for this more good girl character like Julie Jordan or Melissa, who are very kind-hearted, very kind of open. Um, and so you can see where they're pulling these parallels from. And I mean, Aaron Tibet does a great job. I mean, I would actually love to see him play Billy Bigelow. He looks the part. He's with, the, with those high-waisted pants. He has great comedic timing in this, where... He has his little links to the audience and kind of can make fun of, the, of what's going on, as well as be sincere about what he's singing about. It's really a well-done, refined performance, where this could be just a basic Billy Bigelow knockoff. We actually get quite a bit of well-done character work by uh, Aaron Tavet, which is really nice. All right, next section, the songs of the episode. So first song we have is the song Schmigadoon. Uh, and that number is the classic opening town number in any golden age show where you got to introduce the community that in, in the character, in the supporting cast that we'll be seeing. And this is very much like Iowa stubborn in the music man, uh, where you kind of get to meet everybody in the town and you get to kind of hear about what this town is. Now, this is also a very clear parallel to the song Oklahoma, both in the way it's set up with the opening vamp with the boom, 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 boom. They have these opening solo lines, but they couldn't pick a better time to start. And like, it ain't too early and it ain't too late. Starting as a problem with a brand new life. Soon be living in a brand new state, brand new state. And then triggering, we got Welcome to Our Little Town, where you'll never see us frown. Hey, everyone, hey there, Pete. It's that same type of solo line. So when they get a big vamp, in like a bum 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 and then instead of oh well, we got schmig a doom do 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 and it's that same type of rhythmic type thing and then the end of the song even has a even bigger Oklahoma is where they spell out the name of the place they're in as well as they get the chant of just like in Oklahoma how they go Homa 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 for watching that final verse and this we got schmiga schmiga Schmega, Schmega. And so, yeah, a lot of very clear references to Oklahoma in this song, as well as the call concept of community setup, like in Iowa Stubborn and the Music Man. And then the bridge section that we have in this, where we get to actually meet individual town members, uh, is very much along the same lines as uh, kind of the marketplace song in Brigadoon, where we're kind of getting everybody's little snippets of info. So we get to be like Emma Tate, the school marm. And she's very much like a recreation of Mary Library. And she's someone who's academic, very smart, 
but she's unmarried at the age of 28. Oh. Gasp. We got the Undertaker, or the coroner of the town, who looks like Mr. Sourberry from Oliver. We have the introduction of Dove Cameron's character, Betsy, along with her father, Farmer McDonough. Um, and he's got a gun and it's very much like Ada Landy and her father from Oklahoma. And then we also get another Oklahoma reference with the character of Buford Riggs, who does unthinkable things to pigs and Shaq. And that is a very clear, easy parallel reference to Judd Fry from Oklahoma as well. Then we get into the sequence with the mayor. And that is very much melodically like the mayor sequence in Ding Dong, which is said that as mayor of Munchkin City in the county of the land of all. It's that type of uh, bump, 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 bump. And so we get that. And then, and then the Christian Chenoweth solo in the song is very much kind of like the l- lyrical solo that we get in Iowa Stubborn. The but we'll give you our shirt and I'll back to go with it if you both happen to die or whatever that line is. So once again, we get that. And then also from the museum, we get to meet the Carson Taker, who's this lifting boy who gives the audience exposition dumps. Like, here's the mayor. It's Mrs. Um, 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 Mildred Layton, that type of thing. So we get that character right away, too. And it's very clear Winthrop reference from the music man. And like in Music Man, he is the brother of the uh, outside female character. So in this case, it's Emitate the Schoolmarm. This is her younger brother that she's raising. So we get all that. And then even the, the uh, music notes for Schmigadoon uh, is shown throughout the early parts of the episode. So we get it in the overture as well as when we hear the church bells that are attracting Josh and Melissa through the fog. Uh, it is the that type of thing. We get to hear that in the church bell chime as well. So it's a very clear melodic thing we're going to keep hearing probably throughout this whole season. So the next song we have is You Can't Tame Me. And this is a song that is very much just a direct pull from Carousel. So the first part of the song is uh, If I Loved You where Billy expresses hypothetically what it would be if he loved Julie, as uh, and in this case, in Danny's case, he is expressing similar sentiments about his attraction to Melissa, but also saying how he is someone who can't be tied down. So we also get a little bit of history from Josh as well, from from Danny, from Danny as well. And the fact we also get the cherry blossoms blowing through too, it's very carousel. And then just, if you didn't get the carousel reference before, then we get into the second part of the song, which is a direct melodic pull almost from the Carrie Pippard song, When I Marry Mr. Snow. And that's where Danny's talks all about the, the four children, two girls, two boys dying one day after each other. And it's a very clear melodic reference to that uh, song from Carousel as well. So this is a very clear homage song, but also still setting up a lot of Danny's character too. So it's a, it, it's a, it's a double handed, but when you watch it, it's like, okay. This is a very easy gold, um, golden age Easter egg. So that was great. So the next song we have is Corn Pudding. And this song is a fun homage to the Roger Hammerstein and kind of community nonsense numbers. We have like Shapoopy in the music room or Clam Bake 
in uh, in, in Carousel, those types of numbers that the community sings where it's nice. It's, it's another community song, but it's not overly important to the uh, plot. It's kind of there to once again to build up the community. It's important for us to see the community breaks out in the song randomly. It's not just one opening number and that's it, but it's like everybody's going to break into the song at the drop of a hat here. That's that setting up. And the fact that we get a song that's like a mix of Clambake and Oklahoma is a neat little homage to the song Clambake from Carousel because originally that song was intended for Oklahoma, the musical, where it was going to be called It Was a Real Nice Hay Ride. And they cut that and brought it back for Carousel. So the fact we kind of get a westernized version of Clambake in this show is really a neat little feature. That we get which is really nice so well done to the writers for that and of course the last song we get is this celtic version of schmigadoon sung by leprechaun in the leprechaun song and this is a very direct call to brigadoon the fact that we get this opening celtic chant of brigadoon in the in the in, in the opening of that musical so it's great that we're kind of getting some of these brigadoonian references as well because this is where the show gets its title from so, so very handy that way for sure. So, yeah, I mean, Murder does a great job. It's an exposition dump song. They had to find a way to get out why Josh and Nancy can't stay without being too ham handed or too just sledgehammer. We need to get this exposition done. And so they went with a really kind of cheeky musical number sung by a leprechaun. So that was that number. I enjoyed it. It was there. It's a great way to end the episode because now you set up the rules of what's going to happen and why they can't leave and what they got to do to get out. So you're very much set up with, okay, this is the, this is what we got to do. This is how we're going to have to get them out. So good setup song. It's a nice exposition song. It does its job. All right. So final thoughts for this episode. So I would say this episode is a solid pilot episode. It does its job. It sets up who Melissa and Josh are at the beginning of this series. Right from when we first meet them in the hospital, when we see them being two different operations, we see who they are from Josh being the practical knee surgeon type doctor to Melissa being more of the encouraging, emotional childbirth doctor. We then get to see their relationship fall apart and become stagnant and complacent. Uh, and, and then we get to see them go into this town and we, start, we get to start seeing what happens when this new element is introduced into this relationship. And certain things are stressed on this relationship so we'll see how they deal with that uh the musical numbers were all very memorable i left this first episode humming all the songs particularly corn pudding even though it's a song that i kind of went it's there it's not my favorite but i left going going corn pudding corn pudding corn pudding like like you just kind of leave humming that song it's just so silly and and the rhymes are so good in that with the with the corn and the pudding the pudding in the bowl that type of rhythmic thing it's great so even even the most silliest of songs get stuck in your head. So it's a solid first kickoff episode for this series. And I can't wait to be doing more of these with you. And I can't wait for Audrey joining on this too. So stay tuned for that. All right, everybody. We'll let you go for now. Stay healthy, stay safe. And we will see you all for episode two's review. Thanks. Bye.